What's up, NBA fans? We're now at the point where each teams mostly have either 21 or 20 points left to go, and the playoff race is, is hot. We're right in the Eastern Conference as well as in the Western Conference. So we'll go to Playoff Watch where we're going to watch some of these races and discuss who has a chance and who's out. Um, and one of those being the Lakers, who playoff odds just dropped to 3%, according to basketball reference out of 10,000 simulations that they run daily. And only 3% of those simulations did the Lakers make the playoffs. And we'll discuss that, as well as the absurdly bad playoff race that is going on in the Eastern Conference. And by bad, I'm talking about that last spot, the 8th to 11th seed. A couple teams have a chance to grab that 8th spot, but neither of these teams can grab a win to really make any movement on each other in the seeds. As well as Ja Rule mistakenly cursing the wrong team. And we'll, and also Space Jam 2 finally gets a release date. Uh, but before we discuss all that, I got two sets of trivia questions for you, Sean. Here's the first one. How many shots has Tyson Chandler attempted in the month of February? At least up until today, being February 27th. Oh, wow, on two trivia questions this time. I didn't expect such a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... We gotta we gotta paint the picture of the kind of situation the Lakers are in right now. Of course, yeah. <laughs> One question isn't enough to say how bad of a situation they're in. How yeah. many shots has Tyson Chandler made this this month? Oh man, it's gotta be super low, I imagine. I just I don't even know how many minutes he's been playing a game. I have not been paying attention to Tyson so Chandler. He, in the month of February, he's been averaging ten minutes a ten game. Ten minutes. Okay, so he's actually playing. Yeah, so he's it's not, playing. It's not something like zero. No. All right. No, he's he's not collecting DMPs. He's playing. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with total shots. We'll we'll say 25. 20 shots. 25 shots. 25 shots. All right, man. Those might as well just be shots in order to help him forget that he's not making the playoffs with the Lakers, even <laughs> though he left the situation in in Phoenix. He's actually attempted zero shots. Stop it. In the month it's, of February. It actually is zero? Zero. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> zero, nothing. <laughs> and the only reason I asked this is be, I asked this question is because I wanted to say this. It just kind of paints the picture of just how bad the veterans on this Laker team are doing outside of LeBron James. It's not the kids. It's not, it's not Ingram. It's not Kuzma. Maybe Josh Hart a little bit. But it's really the Tyson Chandlers, the JaVel McGee's, the Lance oh, Stevenson's yeah. on this mm-hmm. team. That have mm-hmm. just been hot garbage <laughs> in this month of February. But here's another one for you. What percentage of pl- players in the NBA are now gone from the last time LeBron missed the playoffs? Or vice versa, how many oh, players? Man. What percent of players still remain in the NBA the last time LeBron missed the playoffs? Oh, that's a fun question. So I know it's at least not 100% because no. <laughs> yeah, Vince Carter's still around. Right. <laughs> but all right, I'll go with... 87. That's close. That's yeah. close. 95% of players that were in the NBA the last time LeBron uh, missed the playoffs are now out of the NBA. Wow. That's that's insane. 95%. That's got to only leave like 20 guys. Uh, yeah. I mean, I or don't know the even. exact number, I but know. I was thinking about it, and here's who I can come up with uh, without any uh, research right now, and that's Tony Parker... Pau Gasol, Vince Carter, who you yep, mentioned, yep, yep. Kyle Korver, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, yeah. Andre Iguodala, Ooh. and I think, and then I'm stuck from there. Andre, yeah, that's an interesting one. Jeremy Lin, or no, no, Lou Williams. So. Lou Williams has been around for a long oh, time. Lou Williams, yeah, he's like 13 years. So we're at eight, unless you can come up with something. I mean, though. yeah, it'd be hard to think of him, but yeah, that that does put it into perspective, though. Like LeBron, this could be him missing the playoffs for the first time, and you know, in typical dramatic Lakers fashion, it would make a lot of sense if he did. <laughs> yeah, what a what a closing uh, to the year. Where I mean, I went into this year thinking that the Lakers seem to be overrated a lot, or seem to be. Um, a lot of people seem to be talking up more than I think they're actually capable of. I mean, I gave them, I think, kindly 46 projected wins, and it doesn't look like they'll even get to, they'll get even close to that. Yeah, I don't even remember what I gave them. It's probably pretty close to, maybe even higher than what you said. I mean, we, we both believed in LeBron, and we had no reason to believe that he was on a decline yet. 
You know, like right. he just had an amazing year last year, and we know how much he puts back into his body every year. Um, but I, I don't know. The Los Angeles lifestyle, I guess, uh, is a little more taxing than the Cleveland lifestyle. So, <laughs> I so. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there's just so much more to do, um, except win basketball games. Uh, they're definitely not doing that. So, right, the- yeah, that, that's that's the dilemma right now is there's, they're looking at possibly even being behind the Timberwolves in the standings by the end of the season. Potentially, if they uh, lose this game that they have going with the Pelicans right now, they would fall behind. They stay behind the Pelicans because they currently are, or no, the Timberwolves lost, so therefore that's gone. But yesterday they were below. They were officially the 11th seed in the West, and let's see how this game against the Pelicans goes for them. But basically the Lakers are a team that wants to win but keeps losing to teams trying to lose. (laughs) Um, And I think that's the perfect headline for this team right now. They got passed by the Timberwolves. They're 2-8 and in the month of February. And Oof. they've come. We've come to two points where we thought they've saved, quote unquote, saved their season uh, with big wins against Boston and that big win against the Houston Rockets coming back after being down twenty five plus. And then they come back and lose against the Pelicans, who didn't have Anthony Davis. Memphis, who just traded away Marcus Saul um, <laughs> and Garrett Temple and Jermichael and Green, everything, every every form of quality yeah. players to try to tank, and they come back and lose. Um, and like I mentioned earlier there, playoff odds, according to basketball reference, is now at 3.5%. Um, Nate Silver's 538 rates them at 18% chance of making the NBA playoffs. So a little bit kind, kinder, kinder, but still, I mean, not anything within the range of likely. Yeah, that's super low. And I mean, yeah, talking about 3.5%, that is <laughs> just insane. I mean, I'm still going to go with the 18% as the more likely scenario, just like Last week when we were talking about, I, I don't remember, I think it was 538 had them at 26% um, mm-hmm. just a week ago, and that's already dipped 8% in the matter of a week. Uh, man, the Lakers just cannot figure it out, but it's it's not all over yet. I mean, three games is a lot to, to make up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're three and a half games behind the, both the Spurs and the Clippers now as of tonight. If they are able to beat the Pelicans, they'll be three games back, but... Man, when you lose the teams that you have to beat, like it's just so demoralizing. It's got to be so demoralizing as a team to just be like, we have very little room for error for the rest of the season, and we still have some really tough games ahead of us. Yeah, I was looking at the schedule, and just a couple days from now, in the middle of March, they have a brutal uh, road trip. They had like five games on the road straight, so uh, that's not that. To be able to say you can walk away with at least four out of five of those right now doesn't look very likely for this team. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty scary, man. But yeah, what what do you think? Do you think, are you still going to go with what we said last last week with the rest of the season predictions, sticking with Lakers making that eighth seed? That's that's the thing is because me and you were both divided on the situations where it's we're a little we're a little bit polarizing, like at the Eastern Conference and who's gonna catch that third seed in the West. But when it came to who's gonna get the eighth seed in the West, you would think me and you would both walk away with different teams. <laughs> but we both foolishly said the Lakers foolishly. The, <laughs> the least likely scenario. Um so I'm gonna have to stick with my pick and I'm gonna have to go still that I still believe despite the three point five percent that I'm looking and the eighteen percent that I'm looking at um, I'm still going with the Lakers, and big reason for that is I still think the Clippers are playing a little bit um, better than they think they should be or getting just a little bit lucky, I think. And the Kings, um, they're a young team, and I think they're going to eventually start making young team mistakes down the stretch and give up some games, um, close games, and just end up with L's on those Just and give just enough breathing room for the Lakers to to make that up. Yeah, but then you're talking about the Timberwolves getting into the picture now, too. And it's like, Carl Anthony Towns is a real deal. And this is a guy that has playoff experience now. Oh, yeah. man. It makes me... it, it It's nerve-wracking, but I'm not going to go back on mine either after just one week. I, I got to give it at least through mid-March. Yeah, um, and, and they're still in the same position. I, I can't say... They, they're not going to be able to get to the 8th seed if they're still in the 10th seed by mid-March. No way. There's just absolutely no way. Um Anyways, so this week, this is, and there's no better way to describe the Laker week other than taking snippets of the LeBron James quotes given this week. Um, so start with February 20th when he gave his, I don't fear nothing, I don't fear quote, when he was asked if 
whether he was worried about the fact that the Lakers were now uh, a sub-500 team. And he said, I don't fear nothing. I don't fear. And he just kept on talking about the fact <laughs> that he's not afraid of being under five, slightly under 500 at that time. Uh, February 23rd, another loss. He says, I'm not accustomed to it. I never get comfortable with losing. It's like for, and he went, went along the lines talking about how the franchise for a couple years and some of the guys on the team have gotten accustomed to losing, and he's not. So let's go to February 25th. <laughs> another and, loss. Uh, a little more, uh, slightly less um, confidence. Confident quote, um, a little bit more of a quote, maybe perhaps calling people loud. But he said, at this point, if you're still allowing distractions to affect the way you play, then this is the wrong franchise to be a part of. Goes on to say, like, like seriously, if you're distracted by, by playoff pushes and all the stuff we've been talking about this year, then, and he kind of just nods away at the <laughs> reporters. But the question here is, who's distracted? I mean, Ingram... Man, this guy's been playing lights Man, out the month sh- of February. I've never seen great shooting from Ingram like this before. This is incredible. 30 of 53 in the last three games. That's insane. Yes. That That's all-star caliber shooting. Exactly. And it's not just that. It's the 27 points, 29 points, 32 points. The, the confidence he has attacking the basket, making his free throws, perhaps not to the elite level that we all wish he could, but better nonetheless. So yeah, 30 of 53 shots in the last three games, 56% shooting since the All-Star break, um, and basically averaging 22 points since LeBron went out with that injury and isn't slowing down. And on the other side, Kyle Kuzma is averaging 23 points the last six games, 51% shooting from the field and 45% shooting from three. So the young guns are, they're playing. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're playing really well. I mean, I wonder who LeBron is talking about here. If he is trying to call anybody out, and if it is anybody, it's got to be like the older guys like Stevenson and Rondo and Chandler, who's doing nothing, apparently. <laughs> That's exactly, I think, the biggest point here is that it's not the young guys. This isn't a team. I mean, this team is making rookie mistakes, like fundamental basketball mistakes, like not getting back on defense, not not pulling through and making their free throws there in the closing games. Um, but the Lakers right in, Lakers defense has just been horrendous. They rank 23rd in points allowed per game right now to 113 points. Um, they're in the class right now with Atlanta, Phoenix, New York, and the Cavaliers. <laughs> oh, those um, teams are terrible. <laughs> exactly. I mean, JaVel McGee is just not protecting the rim like he once did. Rajon Rondo just can't stay in front of um, defenders. Lance Stevenson, I don't know what happened to Lance Stevenson. He just seems unplayable. That dude is old, here. man. That dude is old. And you don't even have Zubak anymore. So, yeah, yeah who, who's defending the paint anymore? Exactly. And Mike Muscala, like, why did we make that trade? He's only played like 10 minutes the last yeah, three well, games. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's like, I don't know if it's a grass is greener thing. They just see like a big man that can sometimes shoot the three on the scouting report. And they're like, oh yeah, let's go get that guy. And then he gets there and you realize that he's one of the worst players in the NBA. <laughs> and it's like, well, we made a mistake. We just gave up our promising 21 year old center for this guy who are not even going to play anymore. Exactly. Uh, yeah, like like you said, one of the worst moves. And I, I don't even think Reggie Bullock, like he's not really adding much to this team either. I mean, he yeah. just got there. So, I mean, there's meshing issues or whatever. But to start a guy that you just traded for who's not really like a starter, starting caliber player, in my opinion, um, that doesn't really spell very good times for the Lakers. I mean, I understand Lonzo's hurt, but I'd, I'd rather start someone like Stevenson who has been there um, over a guy like Bullock who doesn't really know the team very well yet. Yeah, I could see that angle, but I think you start Bullock really out of necessity right now because you don't have Lonzo and you can't. Yeah. You just well, what about can't Josh start Hart, KCP. though? Why can't Josh yeah. Hart be starting? He, I remember when Lonzo went out last year, he had some really good games where I'd see him get like some 20 and 10 stat lines. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, like Josh Hart's playing way better than I think anyone ever expected of him. And Josh Hart put together some games like that, but. As of lately, I'm not sure what has happened with Josh Hart. I think I seriously think he has a lingering injury that just hasn't yeah. really been um, released. Maybe he's he's dealing with back problems. Not to not enough to the point where he has to miss games, but enough to like hinder his performance. Yeah, maybe like LeBron. Maybe his and in, in, like LeBron's injury might be lingering too with the groin. Uh, there's rumors about that. Um, and he's definitely part of this defensive breakdown. Like, he's a big yeah. reason why this defense is so terrible. It's basically five on four a lot of the time. He's saving his energy to get those useless triple doubles and losses. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess you can kind of give him a pass. He's 34, but at the same no, time, it's all cannot. hands on deck. <laughs> this is LeBron. You cannot give him a pass. 34 I mean, years old doesn't mean nothing to him. Lou Williams is almost 34, and he's playing great. <laughs> Lou Williams has never been known for defense, though. <laughs> That's fine. No one's talking about Lou Williams' bad defense. They're all talking about LeBron's bad defense. Right, but I mean, LeBron James has been playing bad defense I don't know, since, what, like 2014? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, the makeup of the team, um, uh, yeah, it's like the Lakers, I mean, we we haven't talked about this a ton. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the season, but they're, they set this team up for failure at the beginning, it seems. Um, oh. The formula around LeBron is just to give him shooters so he can facilitate and create a shot and space out the floor, and they did not do that with the yeah. acquisitions this offseason. That's why I was never super excited about jumping on the top four Lakers are going to finish top four bandwagon because I mean, they're this, they try to justify it by saying, Oh, well we got veterans. Uh, We have guys (laughs) who've been there and we have playmakers. Look at all the playmakers we have. Well, none of the guys that you added addressed the issues this team had last year, which was free throw shooting, three point shooting, um, just guys who can create their own shot. Uh, You didn't address any of those problems. You've added guys who, (laughs) actually did nothing to add into it and just kind of right. actually had those same exact weak points. Oh man. Yeah. It, it's like, and you know how many playmakers on the floor do you need? You have LeBron, you have right. Kuzma, you had Ingram already. You don't need any more playmakers. You need guys that just specialize in one thing, defense or three pointers. And they didn't yeah. either of those. And this is, I think a little bit of arrogance on the side of magic and Rob. Oh, totally. I think they were pretty confident that they could just get guys on one year contracts Enough to pay them enough to make them uh, worth, not worthy, but make make them make it work in, in a trade situation. Um, or if it does, if that doesn't work out, then you're flexible enough to make something happen in the summertime. Uh, but this is the risk you have to take when you when you put too many too many of your marbles on that <laughs> aspect and not and forget about that. You at the end of the day, you have to go play basketball. Uh, yeah, it's pretty brutal. I'm yeah, I'm worried that our our uh, bet on them is is not gonna pan out, but. On the, on the bright side for you, at least the Blazers are playing really well. <laughs> exactly. The Blazers, what, half a game or one game yeah, behind half OKC? half a game out. Yeah, yeah. They, they get a special segment in the podcast later. I made that one special for you. So that's a sign right yeah. there for the Lakers. So within three days, the Blazers covered a three-game gap. Um, right. That, they yeah. had, that OKC that is, had. It's pretty insane. Yeah, it can flip like that, but... Uh, you can't rely on these other teams playing badly. You know, you, you got to go out there and fit, take care of this job, take care of business yourself. Yeah, and unfortunately, the Lakers are getting themselves to a spot where that's what they're going to have to do when they when they leave games is cross their fingers and hope that the Kings, the Clippers, or the Spurs lose their games. Yeah, and they're, they're not trying to tank. I mean, at least I thought the Clippers were trying to tank, but they're clearly not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's move on. We could keep talking about the Lakers, I feel like, forever. But <laughs> let's go to what I'm calling the absurd Eastern Conference playoff <laughs> race. So I, I didn't. I, I was trying to come up with a perfect analogy to describe this playoff race, and I kept going to a sandwich. So a sandwich. <laughs> I feel like the Bucks, the top, Toronto, and the Pacers are just like the super nice bread that you have on top of your bread, and then you have a layer of nice meat. But then somehow you added too much mayonnaise. To this sandwich, so the bottom part gets super soggy, and the vegetables are all stale, kind of colorless. You get like the white lettuce, the kind of pinkish tomato, and the bottom is just soggy and it just drips all over your hands. But you're like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) that's like the the best because that's what it is. I mean, you get a really nice top um, three teams, maybe top four, I guess, um, of the Eastern Conference, and then the bottom is just horrible like this playoff race to get that eight seed i'll, I'll not count the seven seed the pistons yeah, the pistons actually winning. playing well yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll put them back in the top meat shelf i'll leave them out of the gross mayo uh, mustard ketchup combination you got going on there <laughs> yeah we'll leave them off of that but this week has just been absurd for this playoff race i mean the hornets are just on a free fall and the Orlando Magic and the Miami Heat cannot win any games to get themselves in position. <laughs> so even though everybody's losing, the playoff seating is completely static, just stuck. Oh, my um, gosh. It's absolutely ex- insane. Yeah, so let's go over it. Like the Miami Heat, they only have three wins in the month of February. 
currently on a three. Well, not currently, but they were on a three game losing streak before hitting that absurd <laughs> lucky game winner from Dwayne Wade. Oh, man, that was such an epic shot. And the, the thing is, they were winning that game for a lot of it by a lot of points. Like they were blowing them out. But then in typical Warriors fashion, they caught up in a matter of not no time at all. And then, yeah, they just needed a three-pointer from Dwayne Wade on one foot after he got <laughs> his first one blocked. And it's a bank shot from the top of the key. And it was beautiful. And, <laughs> man, everyone, all the Warriors just looked like, what just happened? And yeah. Then, yeah, but, like, Steph Curry was, like, a good sport afterwards, gave Dwayne Wade a hug. And was like, dude, that was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, for- now it keeps them in the playoff race. That was this a is- huge win for them. I think that just speaks to how absurd it is. Like, the Warriors are just like, ah, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Move on. But <laughs> for Miami, on. this is like, this means a lot. It's like, this is our fourth win of the month of February. Like, <laughs> they have not won at all. They're struggling to win. But, yeah, that shot was like, there was like no lift in Dwayne Wade's legs. Like, he no. basically <laughs> shot that from his chest. That was a prayer. That was, that was <laughs> the definition of a prayer. But yeah, yeah, so it keeps them in the race. Um, they're only about, a, I think, a half game out of the Hornets for that eighth seed now, whereas they would have been a game and a half out. Um, so it's a huge difference for them to just stay right there, on, right on their t- coattails. Um, they saw the seventh most dis- difficult schedule left, but hey, they have Goran Dragic back. They have all the momentum of a lucky game winner. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, it's not like the competition is exactly pulling away. So I'm still giving the Heat that eighth seed above the Hornets and Magic and anyone else that's trying to get into that race. And this is what is super absurd about this is like the so here let's go to the Orlando Magic who prior to this All Star break won five in a row and were on the verge of saving oh, yeah. their entire season. And what do you know? Like luck just struck. Hornets are on free fall. Miami's not playing good. Pistons are playing good, but the Magic can sneak their way into that eight seed. And what do they do? They lose two of their last three games. Lose against the Bulls. Lose against the Knicks and somehow pull through with some with a win against Toronto. <laughs> this is what I was telling you, man. You bet on the Magic that like it does not ever go well. And this they, is bad. Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier is like the marquee Orlando Magic player. Just the most wildly inconsistent player. Just on the most wildly inconsistent team. Uh, yeah, they lose to the Bulls. Like like I said, like you're, you're talking about how easy their schedule is, and then like right now they have the 28th most difficult schedule, the third easiest schedule in the league right. still. But they lose to the Bulls. They lose to the Knicks, and they had big lead. They had a big lead against the Knicks too early in that game, and they let Mitchell Robinson take care of them. Oh. And then and then you beat the Raptors in between that. <laughs> you're talking about sandwiches. That's all meat and stale bread. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Absurd. I mean, and you think you would think they have a good roster. I mean, outside of Fournier, I mean, you're, Fournier when he's good, he's good. Uh, Vucevic, uh, hell of a player. The only consistent player. Only yeah. consistent one. And Aaron Gordon, somehow, he hit a good stride at the start of the year, but the, this month has, might as well throw him in there with Aaron Fournier, just mm-hmm. wildly inconsistent this month. Yeah, Terrence they, Ross. Terrence right. Ross goes like 1 for 15, but then the next game will go like 10 of 12 for like 7 of 9 from three-pointer. It's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> exactly. I think a lot of their problems is they just don't have a legitimate playmaker or point guard on this squad. Like, they just need mm-hmm. that guy, like... Markel Fultz is on the way. Oh, I'm not sure. That's the guy they need. <laughs> Talking about wildly inconsistent, man. This guy is perfect for the Magic. Oh, but they could have found themselves in the playoff race right now had they just closed the deal on just one more of these games. Like, against the New York Knicks, we're crying out loud. This team wants this begging to lose. <laughs> they want to lose. They didn't even have DeAndre Jordan. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then you got the Hornets still holding on. With half, just a half game lead. Somehow. Yeah, and they in this month have also only won four games and are currently on a three-game losing streak. And they're about to face the second most difficult remaining schedule of the year. Um, yikes. So That's the Hornets. Yikes, man. <laughs> I mean, this is a team who it's hard to even pinpoint who the second best player is. Like in I that think ca- and- I think it's Jeremy Lamb. Is it Jeremy Lamb? I think or is it's it Cody Jeremy Zeller? Lamb. It might be Cody Zeller. Who really cares? <laughs> 
like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like Kemba Walker is the only player on this team that means anything. This is this is a team that's fully healthy. It's not like they're waiting for some big piece right. to come back from injury. This is their entire team. It doesn't get any better than it is right now. So yeah. just their hope just continues to dwindle. And it's like the only reason they still have the eighth seed is because these other teams are sucking so badly. They don't deserve it. Exactly. And that's my main point is that all these teams are bad but yet they're still there. And even the Washington Wizards have been revitalized somehow, and they still have a chance. <laughs> oh, they, my gosh. They have the same percent chance as the Lakers to make the NBA playoffs at 3.4%, despite their winning percentage being like 42%, I think, right now. <laughs> so bad. And yet, you know what? I honestly want the, ma- the, the Wizards to get this over the Magic, Hornets, and Heat because – these teams all need they all need to get into the lottery and rethink their franchises and be like, okay, we just do not deserve this. Like we need to make some big moves now. Yeah. Like for these teams to make the playoffs, like that is just so ridiculous. And here's the thing that's I think a little bit bad. I mean, the NBA has to be looking at this and like you got Charlotte, Miami, and you got Orlando and even the Wizards you can put in this category. Four of these teams, do they even have upside? You know, it's like we're not talking <laughs> right. about the 76ers of a couple years ago sneaking into the playoffs who had young Joel Embiid and uh, a lot of young players like the Miami Heat. Do they have any upside? Orlando Magic, do they have any upside? No, like we're talking about um, back at the trade deadline when Tobias Harris was traded to the Sixers and the Clippers got that 2021 Heat pick and how that's like a really coveted pick. Because everyone thinks the Heat are just going to go down the gutter in a few years because of all these ridiculous contracts they have. And yeah, they have no upside. You're looking at the Magic probably letting Nikola Vucevic walk in free agency, knowing their track record of retaining good players. Right. And then then they're left with nothing. They're relying on Jonathan Isaac to be well, they, the guy. Yeah. Are you, are you still got Markel? Yeah, well, you, you got, got Mar- Aaron yeah. Gordon. Eric Gordon, <laughs> he's already had his prime, which is kind of sad. But yeah. yeah, and like Markel Fultz, yeah, you're lying on Markel Fultz becoming an all star, which good luck with that. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, there's like very little hope there. You're talking about the Hornets. How you really think you're going to resign Kemba Walker after all the crap that he's had to go through with this team? He's given, he, had, he owes this franchise nothing anymore. He deserves to go to a championship contending team. He's been an all-star in a in an environment that does not give him really the opportunity to be that, to be a starter too, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Like what he could do on other teams is just unfathomable at this point. I'm really excited to see him leave. So yeah, yeah all three of these teams, they're not going to make the playoffs next year for sure. Or they might because of how bad. Or these they might are. because of how bad everyone else is. Yeah. No, 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 no. I I see Atlanta making a jump up. Yeah, I, I actually do because Trey Young, he's got a lot of talent. John Collins, he's got a lot of talent. Uh, I see. I mean, Kevin Durant goes to the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, instant playoff team. Yeah, yeah. So I don't see these other teams be, being anything in the East. They're they're gonna be where the Knicks and Hawks are this year. Yeah, and that kind of sucks looking at these these rosters. And yeah, to the point of Kemba Walker. Like, it's crazy that Jordan, if he wants to keep Kemba Walker on that team, he's going to have to pay the luxury tax and continue to be this version of the team. Ugh, like So atrocious. At least for another two to three years when some of those contracts get off the yeah. books for that How much franchise. money is Bismarck Biombo making? <laughs> I <laughs> don't know. I, I think it was like, is it 18 million? It's like 18 million, yeah. And Nicholas Batum is still Batum. getting paid. Yeah, God. Frank the Tank is still getting Frank paid. The tank. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, just for context, if the eight seed stays the way it is in this Eastern Conference playoff race, which is at forty five percent win percentage, it would be it would there hasn't been an eight seed qualify with a percentage worse than that since two thousand ten when the Pacers qualified at forty five or point four five one win percentage and yeah, right now it's at four five six so basically yeah. the same and that was a year uh where paul george and lance stevenson were both rookies on that pacer team wow that's ridiculous so yeah almost so are, you, are you staying decade. yeah wow are you staying with the magic then do you still think that they're the team after seeing those two <laughs> atrocious losses Oh, I'm still sticking with it for the wow. same fact that I call this absurd is that Miami Heat and the Hornets, I think, are not done dropping L's on their schedule. 
I I think the Heat are just a better team. I gotta go with the Heat. I, in this in this case, when I say I, better. They're still bad. <laughs> yeah, I think they they might be a better team, but I still don't. I like the Orlando Magic schedule better. Yeah, well, I've proven that means nothing. <laughs> yeah, they can, yeah. They can, but I'm going to stick with it. And moving on to the segment, big deal of forgetful. Uh, first point here is the NBA officially proposes to lower the draft age uh, back down to 18. Um, in my thoughts, it seems like this is straightly sparked from that Zion injury. Maybe not all credit is due to that, of course, but I definitely started a dialogue there in terms of players trying to protect uh, themselves in this day and age where a guy like Zion Williams is literally worth millions of dollars even before he puts on an NBA jersey. Right, yeah. I think it's crazy, Alan. It's just like you see these guys that are basically NBA caliber players coming in, uh, have one year of college, probably learn absolutely nothing while they're in classes there. Maybe don't even go to classes. And it's like they could easily be worth millions of dollars at this point. And you see a guy like Zion go down, and you think, what if that derailed his entire career? He wouldn't have even seen a single cent of stuff. I mean, he could be making hundreds of millions of, on sponsorships alone right now, I feel. Um, that might just be a high estimate or something, but I feel like he's at least worth hundreds of millions already, um, just with all yeah. the hype and everything. But I think it is encouraging. I think that could be just like the last domino that tips over that makes this thing need to happen. Uh, you even have Adam mm-hmm. Silver coming out and saying here in this quote, "My personal view is that they're ready to make that that we're ready to make that change." When I've weighed the pros and cons, and in essence, the college community is saying we do not want these players anymore. That sort of tips the scale in my mind that we should be taking a serious look at lowering our age to eighteen, and that's coming straight from the commissioner right there. Yeah, and I'm sure it seems obviously with this quote that the commissioner's on board, and I'm sure the players' association is on board. The only thing is, are the owners on board? And ultimately, that's the vote that's going to be needed. And I'm sure they have questions because the one thing I think that also that made this um, this age change was the fact that owners just didn't want to take care of 18 year olds and develop and spend the money and the time keeping them on their <laughs> roster. So I think they definitely want to see a better system in place, whether that means going to an academy system like uh, they do in Europe, European soccer, perhaps leveraging D-League teams or something. And that's something that still needs to be thought of. Um, and ultimately, I think something needs to be evolved from that in order to make this work. Because as an, and I think NBA owners are ultimately um, concerned about putting a lot of investment in 18-year-olds that might not pan out due to reasons outside of just basketball yeah but is that really any different than 19 18 and 19 are basically yeah. the same it's like if you're gonna let True. 19 year old lonzo come in and do whatever he does in the league 19 year old d'angelo russell when we saw what happened with him with the whole like nick young fiasco <laughs> yeah it's like there, yeah there, there's like no difference like they'd be the same stupid 18 18 19 year old you know yeah, what I'm, I guess the point I'm trying to make is I'm ultimately in favor for lowering the age, but I'd also like to see some sort of development system in place as well because the truth is a lot of these guys aren't even close to being ready. Though they're NBA caliber talent, they're not ready to be, say, starters on some of these teams. Zion Williamson, probably on New York Knicks if you look at that record. <laughs> but um, some of these guys are ready to go to the NBA, but not truly to be starters. And I think there probably needs to be a pathway for them to develop into stronger players by when they're ready to actually uh, produce for an NBA team at a high level, probably like closer to the age of like 20, 21 and 22. Or maybe what, what if they had like until you're um, 21 years old in the NBA, you have, you had to take this like life development skills, like lecture or like class basically where like the NBA put on these things that teach people or teaches all these like 18, 19, 20 year olds, how to actually like be an adult. Yeah, or some sort of, I guess NBA teams could do it, is where you, you're able to take draft an 18 or 17-year-old and basically let them play in the D-League team without their contract, um, taking a hold of your cap, your your team cap, and then waiting to, till they're like 19 to actually suit up for an actual NBA game or something like that, just to give teams the ability to develop a player without necessarily the nba noise yeah so so ultimately do you think that this is a big deal that they're talking about this again that there's an official proposal or do you think it's just more oh. wind no this is definitely a big deal i think um i mean this this thing that it might happen by the 2022 draft i'm a little bit doubtful i think it might be 
pushed back a little bit further. But anything that gets the, the conversation going, I think, is a big deal. Um, it just goes to show that it's not falling in the back of the mind of NBA Commissioner Adam Silver or um, or really just everybody in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, but how about Pau Gasol agreeing to a buyout with the San Antonio Spurs and agreeing to join the Milwaukee Bucks? Um, I saw a lot of tweets on Twitter about people tweeting at Kobe to try to convince Pau Gasol to join the Lakers, yeah. but I don't, <laughs> he's not going to do anything oh, for the Lakers. Man, they could um, really use Pau Gasol, man. You think so? Well, he's way better than Tyson Chandler at this point. Dude can Perhaps. still has a little more touch at the rim. We, we talked about score, Tyson yeah. Chandler not even having a shot up in February. Yeah, when you talk about offensively, yes, but defensively, atrocious. Augustol <laughs> now, it's. I mean, he was, well, he was okay in his prime. He was good, um, but then he really fell off. But uh, yeah, this is this is kind of a a little bit of a big deal for me in that I can't believe he actually he pushed the Spurs this far, um, and now joins <laughs> a, a championship contender the Milwaukee Bucks. It's not like the Spurs are that bad. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's ultimately forgetful though because I don't know how he fits into the Bucks lineup. Like, did they need another center? They have Brooke Lopez. They have Miritich. Um, they go mm-hmm. small ball a lot with Antetokounmpo being their tallest player on the floor. I, I didn't know. I don't know if he's gonna even going to get any minutes with the team on most nights. Yeah, this is mo- mainly just like insurance policy type of pickup, I'd imagine, in case people get into foul trouble um, or just to throw somebody out there for five for five to ten minutes or so <laughs> to to just stir up some matchups. Yeah, I mean the playoffs. The playoffs come down to it's just a it's a game of a chess with matchups. Some at times. Yeah, that's true. But he also hasn't been very. Um, he hasn't been in a lot of games recently. He might still be a little rusty come playoff time, especially yeah when you need him just come in and just give a good five to ten minutes. I feel like that's not where Pau Gasol really thrives. No, but. We'll see. I think the the Bucks must have seen something to actually agree to pick this guy up. So we'll see how it unfolds. But speaking on the Milwaukee Bucks as well, Eric Bledsoe just agreed a four year, seventy million extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. Eric Bledsoe currently at twenty nine years old, agreeing to this extension. So pretty much, this is probably where he'll play his last days of his NBA career. I'd imagine. I mean, what? He's not old, man. You, or do you think he's going to extend after this? I mean, he's only twenty nine. At 33 towards the end of this contract, I don't know if we'll see Eric Bledsoe. Well, I mean, 33 ain't that old, man. <laughs> he'll probably bounce around somewhere, but the best of Eric Bledsoe is right now. True. And I don't, I know, I'm, at six, what is he, six foot five, six oh, foot Oh, he's four? like six foot two, I, I gotta think. He's a short guy. Yeah. Yeah, unless unless he balls like Chris Paul, I short guys, I don't think they're gonna last. He's gonna be like freaking. Um, Ty Lawson or something out there at 34. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I I think this is a big deal for the Bucks. I mean, Eric Bledsoe has been playing really good basketball for this team this year. Um, even yeah. got a triple-double the other night against, I, I forget who they were playing, but he, he got a triple-double. He's still capable of helping out on all facets of the game. And to get him for four years, $70 million, going into a free agency offseason that's bound to be just utterly chaotic, this seems like mm-hmm. a bargain to me for a guy that's still got some good years left in him. Exactly. I think it's also a big deal because you keep Eric Bledsoe as part of your core and you have, by a, by getting him to agree to this deal, gives you enough leverage to get Chris Middleton back on your team come this offseason. So right. the Bucks got themselves a... Uh, Got themselves wiggle room there in negotiations with Chris Middleton. Um, and also, I mean, it's a big deal just for Eric Bledsoe's career. It seems like he went to Phoenix and that's just where <laughs> his career is going to die. die. <laughs> exactly. And he pulled himself out of the graveyard, got himself. It, well, he, I wouldn't say he got himself, but he partly stood up for himself. And um, he's now in Milwaukee and and looks like he's playing the best basketball of his career and um, team-wise as well. Yeah. No, this is awesome. I yeah, I'm I'm really glad Eric Bledsoe found his career again because he he was a, he looked like he was going to be a really good player when he uh, first started his career with the Clippers too. Yeah, unfortunately the the path of the NBA sometimes leads you into the graveyard despite <laughs> you being still being a good player. Um, but how about the Lake uh, the Clippers stopped the game for a standing ovation for Dirk Nowitzki earlier this week? Um, I think as fluffy as it sounds, I <laughs> I just got to say this is forgetful here. Um, I mean Dirk. Was never a Clipper. <laughs> did very little for the Clippers. Oh, he did nothing for the Clippers. It was just a. It was a nice little like respect from Doc Rivers to like give him that timeout so the fans could appreciate Dirk one last time, supposedly. 
But then you, you see um, some random stuff here and there about how Dirk might not even retire after this Ooh. year. I don't know if you've seen some of that stuff, Alan, but I saw some quotes from him that being like, you know, Doncic and Porzingis, I'd love to be a part of that for one year. I'm like, man, you cannot come back and just make everything super awkward after everyone's giving you this farewell tour, basically. Like, that would just be so, uh, I don't even know, man. Ah, man. And you know what? It can't really be up to him. I mean, Mark Cuban or somebody in that Dallas Mavericks front office is going to say, hey, man, we actually do need this roster spot (laughs) (laughs) for somebody else than someone who's going around town blowing kisses and waving at the crowd. We need somebody who can actually play basketball for us. Well, the thing is, they're actually, they put him in the starting lineup recently. Did you notice that? Uh, no, I yeah, haven't really like watched he, a lot of Dallas Mavericks said, games. Like, I mean, part of this reason is he's like, I'm feeling better than I have in a long time. Like, it just took me a long time to get my game legs under me. And then they put him back in the starting lineup recently. I mean, granted, they I gave up all four of their starters at the trade deadline. So kind of by default puts him there. But he's actually getting like 26 minutes a game now. And I, mean, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's still got something left. <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, this team is floating to the end of the uh, to the end of the year right now. Um, yeah. Next year, if you're talking about a real playoff push, you can't have Dirk in your starting. <laughs> line. You can't have Dirk be your seventh or eighth man in your rotation. I think. Yeah, maybe eighth he just man. wants to be on as like a a veteran minimum. That's just kind of like a mentor, you know, like yeah. basically what Pau Gasol is at this point. Unless you can shoot like Kyle Korver, you cannot be in the rotation <laughs> at, with the legs he's got under uh, him. Yeah, don't do it, Dirk. Just go yeah. go off beautifully into the sunset as you are already. So you put this here on Bobin suffers yeah. ankle injury with the MRI revealing that it's minor, but he'll still be reevaluated in five to seven days here. Bobin suffering an injury with Joel Embiid already out for the 76er team. Yeah, they are pretty shallow at center right now, and I was really excited when Embiid got hurt actually because Bobin was starting to get some starter minutes, uh, but then he went and hurt himself. So that made yeah. me really sad. I don't, I I don't think, even know if this qualifies as big deal or forgetful, but I, I had to put it in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say forgetful. I mean, it's a tough break for the Clippers for this stretch, but Joel Embiid will be back in no time. And they're still winning basketball, and they got a substantial, not substantial, but they got a bit of cushion room um, on the Clippers in terms of the seating breakdown. I'm really excited to see playoff Bobin, though. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. How about this one? Ja Rule performing at halftime for the Milwaukee Bucks game. Uh, Basically getting called out on Twitter from fans. And then ultimately the Timberwolves uh, Twitter Twitter, uh, profile got in on it as well. uh, Sending some sort of tweet attacking Ja Rule. And he comes (laughs) back with an attempt to curse the franchise. But accidentally at the Sacramento Kings <laughs> instead of the Minnesota Timberwolves um, cursing them, basically saying they will never win an NBA championship and hereby officially curses uh, them. Does Wait, so is there like some backstory to that? Is Ja Rule known for cursing teams? No, he's not. Lil B <laughs> is who's known for cursing teams. So what... What power does this guy have? Is he a witch? Uh, up to this point, none. <laughs> up to this point, except throwing lousy music festivals that ultimately blow up in his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's forgetful then. <laughs> yeah. So we'll what see. What a weirdo. Because, uh, I mean, let's be real. I don't think the Sacramento Kings or the Minnesota Timberwolves will win an NBA championship realistically at any point within the next five years. Um, yeah. Uh, you could even say 10 but, years, but I mean, anything's never, possible, I guess. Never's a long time, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. And even the Clippers, well, will, they've got to eventually win a championship. You you would hope you so. Would, I would hope so. <laughs> but how about the Atlanta Hawks? They can't win a championship, but they can stop James Harden from <laughs> extending his 30-point streak. Uh, with eight seconds left in the game, in a game that was already lost, <laughs> uh, the Atlanta Hawks basically quadruple team James Harden at the top of the key to make him make him known that hey man, you're not attempting a shot here. <laughs> and uh, he finished with 28 points to close that game out oh, and end his streak at 32 games. Yeah, it, they didn't win the game though, so there's no pride in that. <laughs> That's no. just like one of those petty like if I can't beat you, like this is what I'm gonna do as a consolation prize. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's pretty funny though. I mean, it's funny that they're all aware that he was that close to 30 points too. <laughs> You know they talked about it at at some oh, point of in one of the like timeouts. One of the last because, timeouts. They're like, all you have to do is make James Harden feel sad about his stats. 
Yeah, exactly. Because I, I gotta imagine once you're in the game, you forget about things like this until somebody reminds you. Right, because I feel like someone, like a lot of times when you like players are interviewed, they're like, "You broke this record and stuff," and they're like, "Oh yeah, I had no idea." You know? Yeah, I gotta imagine <laughs> you're in the game. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's just funny that it seems like they were very, very much aware that this was happening. So do you close it as a big deal or forgetful? I was forgetful. Here? They lost the game, man. It's <laughs> pathetic. Yeah. It's petty. I- how about Kevin Durant Warrior jerseys now selling for up to 75% off? Oh, yes. <laughs> this is a big deal, man. This is a big no, deal. It's forgetful. I think somebody at Nike overproduced Kevin Durant jerseys without <laughs> realizing the Bay Area already bought every single one last year. Man, this so. is the, the evidence just keeps stacking up, man. How much more do we need? The, first, the Knicks put it on their season ticket email, put a picture of Kevin Durant on it. Now his jersey 75% off because... You know that thing's not going to be valuable if he's not there next year. <laughs> I think this is just a case of somebody produced way too many jerseys and they can sell. Yeah, we'll see, uh, man. I don't know. A yeah, I guess more, we'll find a, out. A few more pieces like this and you might be seeing things the other way. We'll see. How about the 76ers rookie expected to make his uh, professional debut with the G League team, the Delaware Bluecoats. Uh, pronounce this man's <laughs> name, Sean, because I <laughs> don't want to butcher Smith? it. Zaire Smith? Zaire Smith. man. Yeah, so, yeah, we're looking to finally get that 76ers rookie back on the court, hopefully soon. Doubt he'll really do anything for them as far as a playoff push. Um, He's going to be super rusty, but just continuing the curse of 76ers rookies, bad luck with injury, and he'll play next year, and, yeah, hopefully he does some stuff really good for them because they're not going to have a lot of cap space otherwise to sign any bench players. Yeah, this is going to be an X factor for them because I guess if you wanted to point out a weakness, it's got to be that depth that they have on the bench. Um, So if you can come back next year and give them that extra boost off that bench, this 76ers team is going to be scary next year. Yeah, man. Hopefully they can bring back Boban if they bring back Tobias. <laughs> They're definitely bringing back Tobias, no doubt. Oh, yeah. You were right. He's the, He is the third option on that team. Dude, he's balling Move, him, move out, aside, man. Jimmy Butler, yeah. Tobias Harris is not playing around. No, he, he is good. He is good. Um, so on that note, let's go to hot team. So the Portland Trailblazers on a five-game winning streak but just lost to the Toronto Raptors. That game got close Yeah, that was only a two-point loss. So the Blazers are just playing out of their minds right now. And you could even say they lost because Ennis Cantor doesn't have a travel visa slash doesn't want to get assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, that could be the reason they lost at Toronto in Toronto. But yeah, they're only a half game out of the third seed OKC and they were previously tied with them before mm-hmm. this game had started. Um, and only a, a week ago, just a short week ago, they were three games behind OKC. Um, this streak that they ha- were on includes wins over some quality teams, the Warriors, the Nets, the Sixers, and the Celtics. And um, yeah, the, the thing about the Warrior, uh, the Nets, Sixers, and Celtics, those were all on the road as well. So they're on this big yeah. Eastern Conference road trip. Uh, they could have owned. They almost walked with. They beat the Toronto Raptors. They could have walked away uh, lo- with no losses on Man, this road trip for that, that. That is an insane road trip, dude. That <laughs> is crazy. But yeah, Ennis Cantor coming in with some good contribution when he's playing in America. Uh, 12.8 points a game and 7.5 rebounds in 19.5 minutes per game so far for him. So instant contributions from this guy in the buyout market um, turned out to be, um, I think, exactly what they were looking for. Yeah, they just needed a scoring punch off the bench. I mean, you got guys like Zach Collins who give you defensive energy, but you need you need some offense off that bench, and then his canter is providing that for them. Uh, they I mean they gave up. They lost Nick Stauskas, who's giving them some shooting touch, and yeah. they lost a couple of other guys. But that's good. That I'm I I this is going to be the playoff race here to watch. I think down the stretch. <laughs> I know you were doubting uh, it that the yeah. that the Blazers even had a shot, but yeah, that they're right OKC, there now. I know. Yeah, that, <laughs> that OKC schedule is not a joke. What they have coming down the stretch for them in March, man. I just I thought that the OKC would be able to handle a little, a little better up to this point. A little more on them later, but yeah, I mean the Blazers they they could easily be the third seed at this point. But I mean that's a position they were in last year, and look where that got them after the first round. <laughs> that's true. You can't get too excited here. Um, but the Houston Rockets also also hanging on with a four game winning streak. I don't know how they're doing it, but James Harden <laughs> on a tear with the 58 performance against the Charlotte Hornets. Um, with everybody finally back and healthy. This team is um 
Man, they're looking up. They're looking up. It's crazy when we were just, what was it, like two months ago, this team was not even an eight seed team. Yeah, man, it's crazy. And then, I mean, you ask, how is this possible? How are they on this winning streak right now? It's James Harden, man. We brought it up already. He's still on a scoring tear. He's not phased with the Hawks holding the 28 points. He's going to go back against Charlotte and get 58 points. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's insane. And now they have CP3 back, and he seems like he's pretty stable and healthy. Capella just came back and I honestly had a good time because he'll have a little bit of time to finally get back up to form uh, right in time for the playoffs and between those big three you can't really count this team out against anybody even though they do have a lot less depth than they did last year yeah I mean Kenneth Farid has given them a couple of good wins even with Capella yeah Farid has been playing really well like way better than I expected him to and then, I yeah. mean, yeah, you're getting some stuff from some of your bench guys. Eric Gordon's playing well here and there. Um, he needs yeah. to be a little more consistent, but he is getting on the older side now, so I'm not too surprised. Yeah, I mean, this is this might be a bit of a stretch, but if OKC doesn't protect that that record and start getting some wins, he maybe even oh, uh, the Rockets could see themselves catching up. Oh, it's very uh, possible, and they're not even that far behind. I think they're only a game and a half behind right now. Mm-hmm. And that that home court advantage would be huge if the Rockets would get the fourth seed and OKC falls to five. I don't yeah. know, man. Yeah, that that would be pretty disastrous and honestly just brutal for OKC because of that schedule. Yeah, this it's is just not it's fair. no joke. <laughs> yeah, but before we touch on OKC, let's just talk about the Celtics. I think this might be the last time I really want to talk about the Celtics saying they just got to <laughs> figure it out because honestly, I think this is it. This is the Celtics team that that it is like it's a fifth seed team that's slightly off of the Pacers and the Raptors. Maybe not the Pacers, but the Raptors and maybe the Bucks the Pacers. and the 76ers. <laughs> yeah, maybe the Pacers. Like four game losing streak right now. Um, losing some close games. Um, I just I, I think this is it. This is the Celtics team we're gonna get even in the playoffs. Like I don't think there's any barrier they need to break or anything like that. Yeah, four game losing streak just snapped by beating the lowly Wizards tonight. Um, so whoop de do there. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, you're talking about this team that lost to the Bulls. They were held by un- to under a hundred points by both the Bucks and the Blazers, teams they should be competitive against. And you have Marcus Smart even saying the Celtics aren't together anymore. Which is just like, and you, you heard, uh, I think Mar- it was Marcus Morris talking about how they just don't play very well together either. I forget his direct quote, but man, it's just really disheartening to see like a team that played so well last year. Uh, Brad Stevens was basically a coach of the year. Dwayne Casey got it in the end, but Brad Stevens coached this the hell out of this team last year. And you're not seeing the same thing this year. And it's hard to tell if he's just having trouble um, keeping Kyrie as like the focal point of the team with all these other young players trying to get themselves good minutes in the lineup and make a name for themselves. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what it is, but I mean, I could very well see that happening between guys like Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They all want to be stars on a team. Um, And they're kind of holding themselves. All of them are holding themselves back. Well, I feel like guys like Al Horford and Marcus Morris, Marcus Smarter, all like, come on, guys. Like, we're trying to win a championship. You worry about your contract later. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing. Like Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown are definitely in the situation where they're thinking money. They're they're thinking dollars. They're thinking their contract, their future in the NBA. And they want to produce and get paid well. Um, But on the other side is like this is a team that has potential to be one of the deepest teams in the playoffs. And they're just not clicking for whatever reason. I guess you can you want Kyrie's the one that sticks out because he wasn't there last year. So it could be him. But here's something people aren't mentioning. I think the Eastern Conference has also gotten better from last year. I think Toronto's better. I think the Bucks are better. I think the 76ers are better. So that's probably also not helping uh, their case. Yeah, it's just insane, though, because like you said, like they should have the best bench in the league. They have starter caliber, like they have five starter caliber players coming off that bench at any given time. Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward. And yeah, Gordon Hayward's just been an anomaly this year. And then you have guys like Daniel Tice. um, Robert Williams is a promising young center for them. Like they have so many good players. It's just, I don't know how Brad Stevens has taken a step back in his coaching to not be able to keep these guys together. Yeah, and they have they have yeah, for them to lose some of the against some of these soft teams is 
Uh, inexcusable, and I think it's just, like I said, it is what it is. I'm not going to defend this team anymore <laughs> and talk about them. They need to break some certain barrier. I think this is it. This is the team that they are. They are a fifth seed in the East. Um, yeah, they're probably going for a first-round exit, I think. Um, well, you think we'll You think the Pacers will beat them in a first-round matchup? I think it'll be close. Um, we'll see how it goes. That man, might, that would be a wake-up call, man. That they're not an Eastern. I'll say this. I think I feel more confident saying this. They're not an Eastern Conference final team for sure, unless some dire oh, yeah. injury occurs on the other side. No, but the, the Raptors, not. Bucks, and 76ers are just too good right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe they can sneak by the, the first round, depending on who they end up playing, whether it's the Pacers or the 76 Actually, they don't beat the 76ers. They do not. Yeah, I don't yeah. see that happening. <laughs> not no, Tobias they, Harris on that team now. Yeah, they might beat the Pacers, but uh, that's yeah, they're not beating the 76ers. No. Yeah, so how about this other team? And then this is kind of a more forgivable sinking team here with the OKC Thunder on a three-game losing streak right now, which is crazy to think about. This team is a very good team. Um, they're only a half game ahead of the three-seed Bla- um, with the four-seed Blazers now. Um, in a matter of a week after being up three games on them after the All-Star game, and they still have the toughest strength of schedule moving forward. And you keep mentioning it, and I know you have your bet with uh, Scott Williams, a local OKC fan here, <laughs> uh, who's stubbornly holding on to his hopes <laughs> that they retain the three seed. But, man, it just looks rough for them. And Paul George has a small injury now. Um, mm-hmm. Sat out the last game with, I believe, as an elbow injury. And it's scary, man. Like, it's going to be tough for them to win games the rest of this year. And you don't want to be fighting so hard going into the playoffs. Yeah, unfortunately for them, this is just the way the, the cards are stacked against them here to close the year. I mean, every year somebody's got a difficult schedule to close with. Um, and, unfortunately, it's LKC who's got to deal with this. Um, I mean, this could have easily been four games in a row. Like those heroics against Utah. Oh yeah, those were that something was crazy. Because Utah looked like the better team throughout that game, and the fact that OKC was able to pull that off <laughs> is wild. But I mean, it just goes to tell you, like, I mean, it takes a lot to get a win. It's gonna take a lot for them to get wins here. Um, with against some of these teams as they move forward against the Warriors, against the Blazers. I think they got games against the Eastern Conference powerhouses, Toronto and the Bucks as well a couple games against them and no easy games against any teams <laughs> under 500 left to go so yeah it's terrifying to put it in this perspective so their strength of schedule right now uh remaining are teams that are our average a 56 percent win rate there you go a 56 percent <laughs> win rate is just that's like actually in, like insane what does that put you at like you're basically playing the utah jazz on a nightly basis Exactly. And I mean, on the at least on the Western Conference side, all those teams are fighting for seating. So nobody's trying to take a night off. Yeah, um, that's scary, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're so not going to drop out of the playoffs scary, no. but possibly lose home court advantage in the first round scary. Yeah. And it sucks because you're going to look at your schedule during the summer or if you ever do. And you're going to be like, wow, for 80 percent of this season, we held on to top three, which they did right from right off the gate. They were. They, they moved themselves up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to lose it in the last month, it happens. Hey, we'll see. They haven't lost it yet. <laughs> Not yeah. yet. <laughs> All right. How about best performance of the week? We got Mitchell Robinson, 17 points, 14 rebounds, three steals, and six blocks with zero turnovers in that win against the Orlando Magic. Mitchell Robinson, one of those guys who... Um, sporadically just has great games and then other times just does not really play. But when he does play, he puts up good numbers. Uh, but it's just a product of that New York Knicks system they got going. Yeah, product of the system and also being a young guy, a rookie, um, drafting the second round for the Knicks. And, man, this guy shows some promise, though. I mean, when you can get this type of production, which he's done this a few times this year, put up some big mm-hmm. numbers as a second-round pick. I mean, you look at next year, I mean, you got to be thinking – you got to be wide-eyed if you're the Knicks looking at this guy getting six blocks along with a double-double off the bench. Um, as yeah. your second-round pick, that's huge. So if they get Kevin Durant, then this guy <laughs> might actually play some meaningful basketball. We'll see. We'll see. Um, how about Dwight Powell? Uh, 10 for 11, 24 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals, and 2 blocks. And a loss against the L.A. Clippers. Um, the man out of the out of Dallas probably solidifying himself a, par, a piece in the rotation next year when this team makes a push for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I rarely, I don't think we've ever mentioned Dwight Powell once 
on the one and a half years we've been doing this podcast for. So it's good to see him get in here, you know. that That's a really solid stat line from a guy that you never expected from. So good for him, man. They still lost, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> they did. This is just a week of centers because we got Cody Zeller. Yep. <laughs> or I should say unknown centers because we got Cody Zeller uh, who just came back. Well, he came back two weeks ago from his injury. Um, and he's finally catching rhythm here. 13 for 14 from the field. 28 points, 9 rebounds, 3 steals, and 3 blocks in a loss against the Warriors. Um, Cody Zeller probably maybe will help the Hornets hold on to an 8 seed, but <laughs> yeah. most likely not. I mean, it's really up to how bad the other teams keep playing, but Cody Zeller has been a solid center. I have him in one of my deeper fantasy leagues, and he actually puts up some meaningful uh, rebounds and points uh, on pretty good shooting. Uh, just an efficient center, uh, one-dimensional, of course, but mm-hmm. I mean, he, he went in and just took it to DeMarcus Cousins. So, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty awesome, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, we'll see what that team can do with Cody <laughs> Zeller or, Kemba, or maybe Kemba Walker. Yeah, just barely stay uh, at like 48% hold on to that right. eight seed. Exactly. So you're going to have to help me out with this man's name here because I've never even heard of yeah, this Yeah, so this to band. round off these unknown uh, big men for the best performance of the week, uh, we got Shaq Diallo, um, <laughs> who actually um, I had to give it to him on back-to-back days to really give the full picture of how well this guy played on Friday and Saturday of last week. On Friday, uh, in 26 minutes, he went 16 points, 18 rebounds in a loss to the Pacers. Uh, really good Ooh. production from this guy who not a lot of people know about. And then the I next never day, heard of this guy. Right, yeah, not a lot of people <laughs> have. Um, he went to Kentucky, and he was actually a pretty talented guy there, but um, some personnel issues, I guess, maybe, uh, stopped him from becoming a lottery pick of some sort. And then on Saturday, uh, following that loss to the Pacers, in 19 minutes, he was 8 for 8 with 18 points, 10 rebounds, and 2 blocks and a win over the Lakers. So yeah. pretty great numbers from this guy off the bench for the Hornets. Or yeah. sorry, not the Hornets, the Pelicans. That's pretty solid. That is really good. I just want to say, like, against the Lakers, I feel like every some unknown guy always <laughs> has a great night. Yeah. And typically it's just been these big men because the Lakers just cannot guard anybody in that four <laughs> or five spot. Uh I'm talking about the bad No, How about we go to West worst performers of the week? Kent Bazemore in 14 minutes. This man goes 0 for 12 <laughs> for zero points and a negative 19 plus or minus in a win against the Timberwolves. <laughs> man, they're lucky that this guy went minus 19 while he was on the floor in 14 minutes and they still somehow won. Why wow. is he shooting 12 times in 14 minutes? I don't know. You got Trey Young out there. You got, what's his name? Kevin Hewer. Yeah, Huter. Hewter. Yeah, you Hewter. got Terry and Prince back now. Um, John Collins, anybody. But, I mean, it's kind of sad because Kemp Bazemore was, like, a pretty uh, key offensive piece on that team. And now he's kind of just fallen off and the rotation hey, there. Hey, you remember when the Lakers were going to offer this guy, like, a max contract? And he turned it down. Oh, he turned down the Lakers. What a dodged bullet. <laughs> He did not want to be a Laker. They traded for him and wanted to extend him, and he turned it down. That is so funny. What a mistake. What a dodge bullet is, <laughs> is what, yep. How about Carice LeVert coming back from that awful injury? Unfortunately, we got to put him on uh, this list for this performance. 20 this minutes, 0 for 5, 0 points, 2 uh, turnovers, and 3 fouls against the Wizards. I hate to do it to our boy Carice, man. He doesn't deserve this. He's rusty. We got to give him some time to readjust to NBA action, but uh, I think that was a pretty bad performance. <laughs> yeah. Dabas Shea, Gilgis Alexander in 30 minutes, zero <laughs> for nine, one point, one rebound, four assists, and four turnovers, and a loss against the Denver Nuggets. I'd like to see the plus and minus oh, on this one. Probably just atrocious. I, I mean, I think the Clippers lost that game by like 30 points, so it's bound <laughs> to be pretty close to that, man. Yeah, uh, rookie's going to be rookie sometimes. That's true. Well, to close the, the podcast off, we got a big announcement. How about Space Jam 2 finally getting an official release date? Not an actual date, but a month and a year, July 2021. So the question <laughs> here, we know LeBron's in there. Which NBA does NBA stars deserve a spot on this film? Or which NBA stars would you could you um, handle with their uh, cheesy, maybe somewhat bad acting. <laughs> so are we talking about like who are gonna be the monsters? Exactly. Hmm. I, I mean, I think Draymond Green would do pretty well in this movie. 
I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna throw Russell Westbrook in there. Uh, Joel Embiid. I'll put I'll yeah. put him in there. Um, man, who who else would be good? Put Kawhi. Le- Ka- no, Kawhi Leonard would not be <laughs> terrible, but I actually think that would be hilarious. I think it'd be pretty funny. I think it'd be funny for NBA fans, but for casual NBA fans or people who are just kind of looking for get it. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't get it. I think somehow you got to work Giannis in there. Yeah, Giannis might be a good one, but he, I feel like you got to go with more of the villain types because like Westbrook, Green, and Embiid are kind of like villains. True. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know who else you'd put in there. I think that's a good place to start those three. Do you have any in mind? Uh, I want to. I want to somehow work Giannis in there, but yeah. uh, outside of Giannis. Let's see. I want to say Anthony Davis, but it seems <laughs> like this Davis. might be too awkward <laughs> to put Anthony Davis. I think you, you're probably going to have to work Steph Curry in there somehow. Ooh, yeah, that'd be fun. And Durant. I, I think you Durant can. Durant might be an option, yeah. You got to put those two guys in there, I think. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to see Russ, Draymond, and Joel Embiid, though. Yeah, I, I think... And I think I'd have I everybody... Ky- Kyrie Irving's got some movie experience with Uncle Drew now, so he, he'll probably be in it. This is true. This is true. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, if you can somehow work in Green, Westbrook, Giannis, Kyrie, Durant. Obviously, you got LeBron. Um, who else? Those. That's a solid six there. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, that's a pretty good lineup. That will be fun. <laughs> yeah, maybe we get Davis, Anthony Davis. I don't know, but his life is in an awkward spot, so we'll <laughs> see where His life is in an awkward spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't need any awkward personas in this movie. <laughs> no. But if it figures itself out, maybe they'll invite him on set. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to listen to us week in and week out and subscribe and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>